Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Danny, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, fellas. How are you guys? I am fantastic this uh, nice Friday morning. It feels like fall. The weather's starting to cool off, man. Football is officially here. Things couldn't be better. Damn! He's fired (laughs) up! Man, if every guest came out of the gate like that, Brian, we'd have something here. No joke. If we just came out of the gate like that. (laughs) Damn! Crying out loud, you're inspired. Sprinkle me, man. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, I've been trying to come up for with a good case, rather, for, for Louisville against Clemson, and uh, what Lamar Jackson has done the last couple of weeks, it's just astronomical. The numbers, we know that he's capable of that. But I, I just can't because of that Clemson defensive line and some of the issues they have at Louisville on their offensive line. Uh, can you come up with a good case for Louisville? All you need is one case. And you mentioned it. It's Lamar Jackson. That's all you need. And he is a probably once-in-a-generational type player. I know he gets a lot of comparisons to Mike Vick. He's actually a little bit bigger. I don't know if he's quite as fast, but it's really close. If those two ran a 40, it'd probably be neck and neck. I think his arm reminds me a lot of the way Mike Vick threw the football. Just like a flip of the wrist, and it looks so effortless when it comes off his hand. He's gotten better as a passer. Now the question is, can he do it pretty much by himself? Because there is not the same amount of talent that was there last season for him. But he, he is. He's one of those types of players that can put the team on his back and he might not have the same talent at receiver or running back that he did last year, but here's the problem, and Brian can attest to this. When you have a quarterback like that who can buy time and can hurt you with his leg, it stresses the defense so much, not only because they have to worry about tackling him, but because they're not sure, is he going to run it or is he going to pass it? So they're kind of in no man's land, and the longer he runs around, the longer they have to cover guys. So he's that type of electric player that can put a team on his back. My question is, can their defense get off the field against Clemson? And that's to be probably the matchup that will matter the most in this game because I don't know if if, uh, Louisville's defense is going to be able to hold Clemson's offense under 35 points. And then then it's a really tall task to ask Lamar Jackson to go out there and start matching touchdowns to that defense. Yeah, defense, which we saw look really good. Yeah, I hate both of these quarterbacks. Even the young <laughs> one, Kelly Bryant, uh, he just put so much pressure on you. You are correct. What's your assessment of Bryant two games into this season? He's shown already that he is tough as nails. Yeah, he really has. I mean, he all got knocked out of the game against Auburn, showcased his ability to come back, the durability. I mean, that's a it's a huge factor in playing the position. You're just going to get hit a lot. I still think there are more question marks about Kelly Bryant just because we haven't seen him have to put this team on the back. I mean, everybody was talking about Auburn's struggles in that game. It wasn't like Clemson was lighting things up offensively on their side of the ball. They only put up 14 points. So I still want to see if Kelly Bryant can take that next step and really, uh, you know, take that Clemson team if they need a drive in the fourth quarter and put the team on his back and lead them down the field through the air. Because at some point, and we see this problem at Ohio State with J.T. Barrett, at some point, some team is going to stop you and the run game, and you're going to have to throw it. We haven't seen that yet from Kelly Bryant, so there's still an element of unknown with the Clemson quarterback. Yeah, great minds think alike, because I was going to go right into a JT Barrett question. How do you think this story ends for JT Barrett? Is it going to end up in a benching, or are they going to make him more comfortable and change the offense to cater to him a little bit more? 
well, it's almost too late. Like, I mean, how do you change the offense now? It's, it's like teaching an old dog new tricks. I mean, JT Barrett is what he is. And, and Urban Meyer loves him. I mean, he's a great leader. He's a three-time captain. He's got intangibles. He's a competitor. He likes to fight. He just hasn't evolved as a quarterback in the past game. And I think what you can get away with at Ohio State, probably nine games out of the year, it doesn't matter because you can run over people. You can get J.K. Dobbins going in the backfield, the new freshman, like Mike Weber. You can utilize some of his weapons. And then J.T. Barrett can rush for 60 or 70 yards, and that's enough. The problem is when you face teams like Oklahoma, like Penn State, like Michigan, you're going to have to step up and make big-time throws. And we haven't seen J.T. Barrett able to do that uh, on a consistent basis. So Urban Meyer is in a dilemma, I believe. I think he'll stick with J.T. Barrett just because he needs uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. No, Danny, no. Uh, no, no. Here's what I'll say, though. Oh, I no, no. We lost you for a second. No, the it's... reason we were yelling is yeah. because your phone cut out for a second. Right. I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. I'm <laughs> You're sorry, back I'm now. Sorry. You're back. So I wouldn't be surprised, though, if you see uh, Urban Meyer start rolling in a different quarterback and playing a two-quarterback system because he's shown it before throughout his career, whether you go back to Florida, whether it was earlier. Uh, last year, he saw him. He's not afraid to play two quarterbacks. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case in Columbus. No dilemma at the quarterback position in Stillwater with Mason Rudolph there at Oklahoma State. Uh, I, there's an interesting stat. I think since last season, Mason Rudolph has more completions over 70 yards than he has interceptions. Uh, this guy have a chance at the next level? Oh, uh, without a doubt. He was my dark horse Heisman Trophy candidate because everybody was talking about Baker Mayfield, the other quarterback in that state. But Mason Rudolph, I actually covered him early in his career in his first bowl game start, and the coaches raved about him and raved about his ability and his, his maturity, and he's kind of really grown up in that system, so he's completely comfortable with it. And as we know in the Big 12 and at Oklahoma State specifically, they're going to stretch the field vertically as much as anybody. And then on top of all that, so he's a great quarterback, but he's got probably the best wide receiving core in the country. So that to me is what the Big 12 is going to boil down to. It's going to be – Oklahoma State and Oklahoma playing in their showdown, the rivalry game at the end of the year. But I will say this. I did watch TCU pretty closely against Arkansas this past week. They could be the team that shakes things up in the Big 12 because Gary Patterson looks like he has that defense back to where they're typically capable of, which is pretty scary if you're an offense. G. Owen Jones with Danny Cannell now doing some work for CBS Sports, the digital team. You can check him out, cbssports.com and other places. He's going to, of course, always bring the great college football knowledge to CBS Uh, when you think about coaches and hot seats and all this discussion that you have this early in the year it seems like it's every year it's somebody else and it's too early to talk about it Uh, Brian Kelly is someone that people had eyes on early on before the season it's a one point loss to Georgia it's another one of these one possession games that they can't seem to figure out Uh, what do you think about Notre Dame from this point on and what this season is going to mean for Brian Kelly well, it's critical for Brian Kelly because he's already fired his coordinators last season. He's made changes around him. He's pointed fingers everywhere else. Now it's the spotlight is on him. And I'm a little bit concerned about him. I don't know why, you know, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. I'm sure most of the people that are listening saw what happened in his press conference after the game. But he kind of gets in his own way. And by, you know, kind of showing up a reporter after the game, um, and it wasn't the worst situation, but why? Why? It was so unnecessary for somebody that's under a lot of scrutiny, it can only be used 
as an excuse to say, look, this guy's abrasive. He's, he's not the best to deal with. I don't love the way he handles his players. I think he te- treats them a little bit too much like professional athletes and the way he criticizes them and calls them out. I think college uh, football players should be treated a little bit differently because they're not playing for money. But I, I feel like this is one of those scenarios where it's way too early to say Brian Kelly's done. And you can look around. Kevin Sumlin, you know, similar people calling for his job out in College Station. It is way too early. I just remind people, last year, James Franklin, when he got blown out by Michigan, people are saying he was done at Penn State. He should be fired. And then, you know, I would love all these people that are out there that are calling for coaches to be fired. Somehow, if we could hold them accountable and expose them somehow (laughs) when the programs get it turned around, I would love that. But you guys know that's not how it works. So I would just say say for Notre Dame, there's still a lot left on their schedule. And they were. It was another one-possession game. Sooner or later, he's going to win a couple of those. And then all of a sudden, the perception changes. Because I think you have to remember, he's won everywhere he's been, whatever program he's been. He got them the national title game. But it is Notre Dame, and you're under more scrutiny maybe than any other program in the country. So the expectation is that you should win 10, 11 games a year. Danny, I'm scratching my head. I just can't figure out Florida, uh, especially the offensive line with all the pieces they had coming back, and they can't block to save their damn lives. They couldn't block ice in Alaska. Uh, and I, I give Tennessee the edge, even though everyone says Florida's the favorite since this game is taking place in the swamp. Uh, how does Florida figure this offensive thing out? Because they can't run the rock, haven't been able to for the last few years. Brian, it's got to be so frustrating. And I'm sure even Will Muschamp, the former coach there, who's now having a little bit of success in South Carolina, is looking saying, man, things don't look that much different since I left because the defense (laughs) is still pretty good. And yet the offense just can't figure it out. And a lot of it comes down to the quarterback position. And I know it's unfair to place it on one position, but it's the most important position of all sports. They do have talent around those guys. And I think if you're Jim McElwain, you say, look, when I had my guy in Will Greer – we looked like we were the clear favorite in the SEC East. Now, when he gets a CED suspension and leaves, that totally throws your kind of depth chart. It throws your continuity off. And then all of a sudden you're playing guys that you really didn't expect to be playing. But that really can't be an excuse. You have to figure out a way to coach up your quarterback. Now, Felipe Franks, we don't know. He didn't look great against Michigan in week one. He's playing at home. You would figure they would give him some help. But I think one of the quieter stories that we haven't talked a lot about are these suspensions that Florida is still dealing with. Having lost 10 guys in that first game against Michigan, nine guys, it still remains to be seen if they're playing or not. You don't know how long this this is going to linger over the program as it's still being investigated. So you've lost Jordan Scarlett, your leading running back from last year, Antonio Callaway, your leading receiver. So it makes things so tough. And I just wonder how the locker room is. And not that it's any indictment on Jim McElwain, but that's got to put a stress on everybody in there that's just like, man, where are our guys? Where are our teammates? When are they going to be back? It's just this looming dark cloud over there in Gainesville. I wonder how they respond to it. And I think this is one of those those games for both sides, for Butch Jones and Tennessee, but also for the Gators. It's one that can kind of move your season in one way or another. If you get the win, it can kind of bring you some confidence, propel you in one direction. But if you lose, all of a sudden, you know, guys start looking at each other, blaming each other, and you worry about the, the, the season being derailed this early. Hey, Danny, what was your take on Baker Mayfield's apology for the flag planting at Ohio State? Oh, I hated it. Don't, don't <laughs> apologize. Go out there. You did your thing. You planted the flag. Own it. See, I think yep. he would have. I can almost guarantee you that Lincoln Riley called him in his office on Monday 
and said, look, we might have to face this team in the playoffs. You might want to try to just put out the fire a little bit and go out there and make apology because he's brash, he's cocky. I loved it. I'm a firm believer. If you don't want somebody to plant the flag in your stadium, then you don't let them you know, run all over you and throw three touchdowns and have a field day against your defense. So I had no problem with it. And I was just a little bit upset that he was forced to apologize because, hey, it's college football. Let him have some fun. It wasn't egregious. You know, he didn't drop his pants and urinate on the 50. He just planted a flag in there. So let the guys have some fun. I, 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 I actually hope they do have a rematch just so we can see him do it again maybe because he loves that abrasive – you know, talking smack with the fans. And I love watching guys like that. Yeah, drop trowel right there. <laughs> dot the eye. That's that really dot the eye. But he only planted the flag. Not that big a deal. I'm with you. I thought that was overblown uh, as well. Now, you did have a problem with Josh Rosen uh, this summer uh, with his comments about, uh, in quotes, student athletes and how difficult it is. And it is arduous. It's, it's, a, it's a tough road to hoe, and we all have gone through it, and, and we made it through it. So I had no problem with him professing that. But on the field, the guy's been lights out. Would you have him as your number one quarterback if he were to enter the NFL draft next spring? Would he be number one on your list? No, I would take the other quarterback in L.A. I still like Sam Darnold better. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have a problem with Josh Rosen, just kind of the off-the-field, kind of just issues and distractions, whether it's wearing a political hat where it says, you know, bleep the president, whether it's him talking. It wasn't so much his message. It was the delivery. And I guess it's sort of a thing now where guys speak their mind and they're just so unfiltered. Mm-hmm. But as they, as, And now at the next level, I think it drives Jim Mora nuts, to be frank, because he has to always answer questions about his quarterback. But at the next level, when you're a franchise quarterback and you're paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars to be the face of a franchise, you have to portray yourself in a certain light. And I know some younger generation says, why not? He can speak his opinion. He can do whatever he wants to. But, man, it is a corporate business, and people want you to be polished. They want you to be um, sellable. They want people to buy tickets to watch you play. So I just I would lean towards Sam Darnold because – and I think he's a little more mobile, and I think he's just as good a passer – so Josh Rosen, he's polarizing. He's exciting to watch play. I was really impressed, maybe even more than the comeback, but the, the manner which he did it, because he was getting pounded, driven into the ground, blindside hits, and it didn't phase him one bit. But I like Sam Darnold because the, the mobility factor. He brings a little bit more to the table when protection breaks down. So I would lean towards Sam Darnold. And he just he seems a little bit more willing to handle the spotlight the way you're supposed to, and I know, I know that's like not really popular to say, and it's probably the safer pick, but you just don't know what's going to come out of Josh Rosen's mouth, and I think that would scare a lot of franchises. I, I think a lot of people would buy tickets to see a heel, too. I mean, it works in wrestling, yeah. so it'll work in football. So if you're the evil one, they're going to show up, especially if you can right, back you it know, up. You know this better than anybody. If you go out, and this, I said this about Johnny Manziel, if you go out and ball, you can do anything you want. You can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want if you go out there and produce. We've seen that happen a lot for over the entirety of the NFL. But, man, if you slip up one bit on the field, all of a sudden our people are saying, this guy's a jerk. He yep. talks too much trash. I mean, it's just funny the way things work. But, you know, I agree with you. If you play that deal and you play well, hey, people will buy tickets and they'll line up to watch you play. Hey, Danny, I got to give you credit, man, because you got the royal deal from ESPN. I think a lot of people would agree with that. And you have now gotten about, you've got like five jobs. For <laughs> He's Fox. Jamaican now. You got CBS Sports, <laughs> Sirius XM, and you're doing it, and you're doing it at a high level. What has this time been like for you these, these few months after moving on from ESPN? 
So I was without work for about four months, and it was really challenging, but I think it really gave me a chance to step back and look at how much I love what I do. And that's why I'm very grateful for the opportunity with CBS Digital and with Sirius XM and with Fox getting to call games back in the booth. It's just, I, you know, and there was, there was moments there where I thought about just giving it up and just saying, all right, I don't know if I want to be in this business. It's cutthroat. It's changing. Uh, you know, we don't know what the future holds with the business. We're seeing cuts made across the industry. But the bottom line is, and I kept going back to this, and I talked to my wife about this. I'm like, I get paid to talk about sports. Are you kidding me? I'm going to make take this run as long as I can and, you know, make it try to make it work um, for as long as I can. And I was very, you know, fortunate with the opportunity that ESPN gave me. But, man, to be able to be back in this, and I was really glad we got it done before college football because, there's no better time of the year than fall football. And you get, I, I think college football is, is more exciting. It's more passionate, the NFL. And I just, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to come back and just talk ball because that's all I want to do is just talk about football and, and the great experiences I had playing the game and watching these young men who, you know, we talk a lot about them. We've talked all about guys, what they bring to the table on the field, but so many of them are just great kids and there really are guys that are are just good quality student athletes that really are you know good men of character for the most part and i think we don't get those stories out enough and that's why i like being a part of this so i can help get those stories out there well, let's talk some ball i want to know about blackman down at your alma mater yeah we had jimbo i had him on the radio yesterday and jimbo fisher the head coach of florida he's hard to get stuff out of you know i was trying to drill him a little bit say well, what are we expecting out of the playbook what are we going to get he was pretty cagey about it as he always is I'm I'm concerned about Florida State. Obviously, if you lose your quarterback in DeAndre Francois, you have no idea what to expect in a young quarterback like James Blackman who hasn't played yet. He wasn't a huge five-star recruit. He's a three-star recruit. But there are guys all over the country who haven't been five stars that have been able to go out there and win. And the one huge luxury that James Blackman has is that defense because yep. that was the one takeaway for me was that Florida State has a top-five defense because they pretty much went toe-to-toe with Alabama's offense and controlled them. But unfortunately for Florida State fans, they gave them about 14 points with some of the turnovers that they handed over to them. So, And the one thing that was still crazy, and this is all because of Hurricane Irma, we don't know. We've only seen Florida State take the field once. We've only seen James Blackman play about a half. So it's the great unknown right now. And Florida State still not playing for another week. It's a lot of time to practice, which I think helps Jimbo getting his young quarterback ready to play. But, man, you'd love to get as many reps as you can in before that Florida State-Miami game, before NC State, before some of these ACC matchups that are going to take place. Because I just – it's one of he's, – he's not the biggest kid. He's about 6'3", but he's only 185, so he's a little bit skinny. And, man, if you, you guys, I'm sure, are aware of this, the quarterbacks at Florida State – the last year or two have been getting Oof. drilled in the yeah. backfield. That <laughs> offensive line better pick it up because the quarterbacks just simply can't survive behind that protection. And, and, and one last question, Rick Trickett. I mean, he comes highly advertised, been in the game for a while. We know he's tough as nails. Has he lost his touch? Yeah, that's a great question, Brian. I don't, I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, there has to be something where you look at it and you say, all right, what is the problem? Now, I think there are a couple things. One, I think you have to remember just last year, Dalvin Cook was running the football all over people. So they were creating run holes up the front. So there, there was solid blocking from the run scheme. But the college game has evolved where you need to pass the football. Mm-hmm. And that was unfortunately where they got into trouble. Now, I did ask Jimbo about this, and he said all of the problems are not always on the offensive line. He said some of the receivers had problems getting open. I did watch some tape and saw that, but there were oftentimes last year – 
where DeAndre is holding the ball back there and he's looking to throw the ball and there's nobody to go to. And you can't really pin those on the offensive line. So you've got to, you've got to call plays a little bit differently, I think, if you're Jimbo, to protect that offensive line. And then the quarterback has to realize you can throw the football away. It's not a bad thing. You get out there, keep it in a manageable situation, and live to fight another day. But, yeah, the Rick Trickett, he is one of the better offensive line coaches we've seen. I tend to trust him and say he'll figure it out. But at some point, it is a production business. If they don't start doing a better job up front, I'm sure Dimbo will start looking around and evaluating his coaching staff as well. Hey, Danny, thanks for the time this morning. It's great to hear you back in the game. Happy for you and look forward to hearing you do the great work we've become used to from you. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. It's great to be back. You guys have a great day. You You too, too. Danny Cannell, now with CBS Sports Digital. You can check him out on cbssports.com. Uh, there's a lot of things that we have disagreed with Danny with, uh, uh, social issues, things like that. Um, but I think he does a great job breaking down college football. I think he does a really good job, and he's a uh, he's a good dude. I like Josh Rosen's hat. <laughs> the injury report is brought to you by the Salt Institute. Let's take a look at the latest injuries. Cardinals running back David Johnson's going to be out forever after he injured his wrist in the team's loss to the Lions. (laughs) Forever, ever? Yeah, let's hope not. Two to three months, right? That's Mm. all. Tape that bad boy up. Ravens place running back Danny Woodhead on the injured reserve with a hamstring injury. Woodhead injured his left leg in the first quarter of the season opener. Did not return. Why would you need him anyway? You're playing the Bengals. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Right. Salt isn't just good for measure. It's also good Mm -hmm. for softer water, which is good for you because soft water makes for smoother skin, silkier hair, and a healthier life. Mm. Everything's better with a little salt. Yeah. See why at a little salt.org. A little salt. A little salt. Not a little salty. A little salt. Just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of salt. Just Um, sprinkle a little bit on it. What were you doing in there, Pete? You're just punching the console? Damn pen doesn't work. All right, jeez. Man. So angry, dude. I know. It's a pent up anger. What's going on in Bridget, your life? Can you help him with that? I mean, <laughs> I think you would be a good it clown. No yeah, joke. Seeing that mean anger. ass. Yeah. <laughs> mean and mean ass bought up. <laughs> yeah, imagine that that conversation last night about me dressing up as a clown. Yeah, he pitched it to his future in laws, I guess, right? Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. Bridget and her family. Oh, what'd they say? They asked he asked them if he thought it was they thought it was a good idea for him to dress up as the it clown. What they what was their response? They're like, Why are you dressing up as a clown? Wow. That was it? Did Protect- you tell them there was money involved? Yeah, I did. And then they said they said my numbers. Which I said yesterday, like 2000. Oh, y'all. 2000. Yeah, y'all were, y'all were made for each other. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. You crazy. If you got a couple hundred bucks to dress as a clown, yeah. you'd be a, a celebrity around here 2, for the 000. day. Not like we're asking you to do something foul. Right. Hey, I came down to the couple hundred. All right. The 300. Yeah, I think that's a good number. All right, good. All right. We can make that happen, maybe. Make that a deal is in the works. Andrew Bogish is here. He's going to give us an update. We do have our picks coming up. We got Coop and Calhoun, the security guards that are downstairs that make picks for us, we think. They uh, they say a bunch of stuff to Mikey B. They're supposed to be football picks. We'll try to figure out what they're saying. I might want to play that, actually, if it's ready, this segment here to give us the full segment for, for our picks. So let's get Andrew's update right now, though. Guys, it- 
Guys, it wasn't Ooh. all pretty, but this was from Deshaun Watson. Watson settles in the pocket. Watson tries to get out of the way and does at the 45. Still going 40. Watson cruising to the 30, to the 25, down the sideline to the 10, and he's in. Touchdown. I and Eagle on West with Suck one. in these balls. The only <laughs> touchdown either team scored on Thursday night football in Cincinnati. It broke a 3-3 time the final minute of the second quarter. Watson and the Texans. A 13-9 victory, dropping Marvin Lewis's team to 0-2. They didn't give up a 48-yarder today for, for a score. And that's the difference in the game. Same thing as last week. You know, if you want to be dominant, be dominant as the other side. But at least the Bengals weren't shut out like last Sunday against the Ravens. But they are the first team since the 1939 Eagles to open the season with two home games and not score a touchdown. 22 straight wins for the Cleveland Indians now, and all it took was Francisco Lindor's tying RBI double with his team down to its last strike, and then Jay Bruce's RBI double in the 10th for a 3-2 victory over the Royals. When Houston won in Anaheim later in the night, 5-2, Cleveland clinched a playoff spot. And yes, it was judgment night for the Orioles in the Bronx. And Judge, there goes the deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Oh, a way back. In the left field seats, another Judgian blast. Aaron, your judge and jury. All rise. Here comes the judge. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, John Sterling no on WFAN. Judge, a pair of three-run homers last <laughs> night. Now 43 long balls on the season. And the Yankees won 13-5. Baltimore dropping five and a half games behind Minnesota. For the second AL wildcard, the Cubs beat up the Mets 14-6, and the Phillies smacked the Marlins 10-0. Reese Hoskins with his 18th homer in just his 34th big league game. College football Army giving head coach Jeff Monken a multi-year extension two days before playing at Ohio State. The Black Knights have won 16 games in his three-plus seasons, including beating Navy last December for the first time since 2001. And the Knicks apparently getting more help for our boys. Reportedly signing point guard Jared Jack, who missed large parts of the last two seasons with a pair of right knee injuries. Good luck with that. Greg? Oh, Jared Jack. I mean, of all the players to come to the Knicks, to get, I mean, you thought you had Kyrie Irving, and now you got Jared Jack instead. <laughs> uh, all right, so... We did something different with our picks last week that mm-hmm. I think we're going to reverse back to normal. Yeah. We we tried to lose last week, and in trying to lose, Brian went four one and one. <laughs> <laughs> it really means that he went one four and one. Yep. Uh, I went two and four, which really means I went four and two. So we'll switch him around now. And uh, coming up next, we'll actually do real picks and, and who we think we want to win and go from there. Uh, we have also introduced something else this year, which is to go downstairs and get the thoughts of the two security guards that have issues with communication. Uh, both of them, <laughs> I have a tough time figuring out what they're saying to me when they try to communicate with me. What the hell you say? Yeah. So they are Coop and Calhoun. And Coop and Calhoun work in tandem together here at our building in New York City. And they they like sports, man, these Coop and Calhoun, these two guys. Uh, so let's listen to their picks. Mikey B goes down there with his iPhone, and he talks to Coop and Calhoun on Friday mornings uh, to get their picks. He, he throws out a couple of games to him to make it easier for him. So let's see what Coop and Calhoun have this week. This is Coop first. Joined now by Coop for his week two picks. 
New England a six-point favorite on the road versus the Saints. I'll take the Saints. Any reason why? I just, well, it seems like me, I don't know, it seems like somebody got somebody to somebody lose or win. Right? Makes total sense. Chicago at Tampa Bay, Buccaneers favored by seven points. But Buccaneers. Any reason why? They're a pretty good team. Good answer. And finally, Green Bay at Atlanta, Falcons favored by three. Opening up that brand new beautiful stadium. I'm going Green Bay. Green Bay with the upset. Yeah, Green Bay. Green Bay Green Bay is something else, you know. And they got that quarterback. What's his name? Bert not Bert. Is it Brett Farr? It's Brett Farr. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. Oh! 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 oh, oh. I got Brett Farr. Oh! Oh! He hasn't played for the Packers since what, two thousand and seven? I think it was two thousand and eight was Aaron Rodgers' first start. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Come what, on, Coach. What did he say before Brett Favre? What was that? I don't know. Somebody got to lose or win, right? <laughs> Makes total sense. That was the best answer. Play the – you picked the Saints and play play his answer there because that was just priceless. I'll take the Saints. Any reason why? I just – well, that me. I don't know. It seemed like – Somebody got to lose or win, right? Makes total sense. You know, it's... Somebody. I tell you, when I hear guys like Coop break things down like that, I wonder what the hell we're doing, right? Because it's, it's like we sit here, numbers this, and breaking it down, and this guy, whatever. And then Coop's just like, somebody got to lose or win. <laughs> somebody got to lose or win, right? Yeah, Makes total man. sense. You ain't lying, dog. Somebody gonna lose or win, right? Yeah, yeah, dog. All right, I don't know if Calhoun's gonna be able to (laughs) trump that performance by Coop. So let's listen to Calhoun's picks now. Joined now by Calhoun as we make our week two picks. The first game, New England, a six-point favorite in New Orleans. New England is all the way. (laughs) So New England will, will win by more than six. That's right. All right, second game, Chicago at Tampa Bay. Tampa favored by seven. The game is in Tampa. No, Chicago all the way. Chicago's going to pull the upset there. Okay. And then the Sunday night game should be great. Green Bay at Atlanta. Falcons favored by three at home. Atlanta all the way. Atlanta. Okay, there we have it. Your week two picks from Calhoun. All the way. All the way. What's up with that? Calhoun. We got to make t-shirts for him on the front. Calhoun on the back. All, all the way. way. Hashtag all, all the way. All the way for Calhoun. Wow. Calhoun's on to something, man. Last week he was 2-0-1 with his picks. Oh. He's undefeated Calhoun. All the way. And it's all the way. All the way, baby. All, all the way. Come on, dog. Atlanta, all, all the way. All the way, dog. <laughs> and Coop was 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Two pushes for those guys. 1-1-1 huh? mm. one, one, one in his picks. Uh, can you play? What was that last one before Brett Favre? Play that Coop answer. That uh, that last Coop answer where he picks the, the Packers. <laughs> and uh, we have no idea what he says before he gets to his <laughs> Brett Favre take. And that's why <laughs> the Packers are going to win. Finally, Green Bay at Atlanta. Falcons favored by three. Opening up that brand new beautiful stadium. I'm going Green Bay. Green Bay with the upset. Yeah, Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay. Green Bay is something else, you know. And they got that quarterback. What's his name? Bert. Not Bert. Is it Bert Farr? Bert Farr. You gotta be kidding. He's stuck in a time warp. Kidding? Yeah, we are kidding. Coop. 
Come on. We oh, love man. those guys. Oh. But, uh, hey, Cal- Calhoun, with this all the way, is beating you pretty badly. I'll say that. Yeah, but grip it. Grip it. Him and a ho ho I love those guys, man. They are the best. Uh, See now, y'all know y'all have to listen to what we're talking about. We come in in the morning. That's what we get. It's like, and you try to walk as fast as you can to the elevator. You uh, don't know what the hell they're saying. Oh my like, goodness, huh? that was amazing. Yeah. Okay. See y'all later. <laughs> yeah. Hop it to you too. Good googly goo. <laughs> We try to be more coherent with our picks. This is 15-year NFL veteran Takeo Spikes, and you're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Time to get to our picks. Last week, uh, we were trying to lose, so... Uh, a two and four week was a good week for me. We're going to flip it around four and two. Uh, Brian was trying to lose as well and went four, one and one, which kind of <laughs> proved the point of this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to flip that around as well. It's going to be one, four and one. We're going to actually do real picks now and pick winners at this point. That was Como. a nice little novelty. So uh, I did win the week last week. So it'll be my music behind the picks. Let's go. And we will start with a little college football. Clemson, Louisville. We talked about it a lot this morning. Lamar Jackson, a magician. Lamarvelous is the nickname that everybody's using, including Brian. Uh, you can't Lamarve anything when your offensive line's going up against the best defensive line in college football. Uh, it's just going to be tough. I know he can get out of any situation. I know that he could throw the ball down the field. I know his accuracy is better, and he's just got a better vision of the field this year. Uh, it just is not going to happen with minus three. I, I think Clemson wins this game. Lamar Jackson still have a great game and lose this game by seven or ten points at home. Give me Clemson minus three at Louisville. Army football going to Ohio State. Gave their coach an extension. They like where this program is going. They got a couple of wins under Jeff Munkin this year. It's 30 points against an Ohio State team that's confused about what they're doing on offense and a quarterback who's lost his confidence. Yeah, I'm totally prepared for JT Barrett to have a whale of a game, and it's a possibility, and I think it may happen. But let's see Army go in there, keep this thing within 24. I think they can do it. they got a lot of pride there. Ohio State's got to work out problems, not cover spreads. So to me, it's Army plus 30 in this one. And I guess it's because of all the... Longhorn shirt you've worn this week, <laughs> one every day. Give me Texas plus 15 and a half. This line opened at 14. It made me lean towards USC a little bit. But, I mean, 15 and a half is a lot of points for them. And I think that with Tom Herman, that Aaron Taylor point kind of stuck in my head. 
He's going to have this team prepared. They're going to keep it pretty close. And I also think that this has got backdoor cover written all over it. I mean, USC could be up big, and then all of a sudden you've got that situation where it goes from 21 to 14 really quick, and they cover Texas plus 15 and a half at USC. I have some influence on you. Illinois at USF. Remember USF a week ago? They had their game postponed versus Connecticut because of Irma. I'm going Illinois. playing much better under Lovey Smith. Plus 17. BC, Notre Dame. Everyone is overreacting to this one-point loss to Georgia. Yes, they didn't run for 400 yards like they did in that first game. They only ran for about 55 yards. But they're going to right the ship. They're going to stomp the you-know-what out of BC. BC's quarterback, all these turnovers, a young quarterback there at BC. Steve Adazio, I believe in you. I just don't believe in this year's version of your team. Watch this linebacker, though, Harold Landry uh, for uh, BC. He's damn good. Notre Dame minus 13. I'm going with the Irish. Iowa State at Akron. Remember, Akron lost to Penn State 52 to 3 or 52 to nothing. Then they put 52 on Arkansas Pine Bluff or somebody last week. Well, they won't even get close to 52 because it's Iowa State that's scoring big-time points. Lost last week to Iowa in overtime. But this offense for Iowa State, they are legit. I'm taking Iowa State minus 10.5. All right, quickly to the NFL. Denver at home to the Dallas Cowboys plus two is something that jumped right out to me. And this is no disrespect to the Cowboys, but the fact they're going on the road and what I saw – uh, after I woke up from the Denver Broncos <laughs> game against the Chargers. <laughs> I, Trevor Simeon looks like he's really matured. And, and that San Diego Chargers defense, not a pushover defense. Yeah. So the fact you've got a great defense with the Denver Broncos, one that needs to be better at stopping the run, and it has to start this week against Ezekiel Elliott. They're bad at stopping the run. Uh, but the pressure on Dak Prescott that they're going to get, Simeon playing better, I think that Dallas defense little fool's gold in week one Ooh. against the Giants. Give me Ooh, Denver hurt. plus two at home. Uh, New England is just going to roll. I mean, it is a, a pretty much a, a certainty at this point that Tom Brady is going to be going off in this game. I think I wrote down the wrong spread, um, <laughs> but I will I will get it right for the picks. It doesn't matter. I think it's yeah. it's do I have, it's minus six? Isn't it more than minus six? That's what I wrote down. Cowboys? Oh, no, no, New England. Oh, New England. Uh, if it is minus six, I, it sounds low to me that I wrote that down wrong. But if it is, I love it. New England minus six at New Orleans. This has got Tom Brady thrown for. Six touchdowns written all over it. That offensive line for the Saints is a mess, so New England's defense is going to be able to smother them. And Tennessee and Jacksonville, a sneaky good game this week. I'm really going to be paying attention to this, and I think that Tennessee is going to really avoid that 0-2 mark that's bad for teams that want to go to the playoffs, uh, and they're plus two. Uh, this game, it, it might end up being a one-point game and Jacksonville wins. I don't know, uh, but give me Tennessee plus two. They'll run the ball. Jacksonville Jacksonville will run the ball. It'll come down to third down conversions in the passing game. And the Tennessee Titans are a hell of a lot better than that than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Whoa. Hey, Philly at KC. Andy Reid going up against his old club once again. KC minus six. They've had about nine, ten days to sit there and read all the press clippings. Hopefully they didn't read them. Hopefully they stayed humble. Ain't that right, Kendrick Lamar? I think they are going to stay humble going up against a damn good defense. Fletcher Cox and the boys can hunt for that Eagles defense, but I'm taking KC minus six. Tampa, Chicago. Tampa, first ball game versus Miami was postponed because of Hurricane Irma. Chicago has a game under his belt, played much better than expected versus Atlanta. But Glennon, Mike Glennon, the former Buccaneer, going back home. You think they're going to let you come back home and win? You must be crazy. I'm taking Tampa minus seven. Detroit at 
the New York Giants. The Giants minus three. I'm all over that. The Giants. Everyone's telling you, I'll suck because the Cowboys in that better defense than they had a year ago got out to Eli Manning. The O-line, you're no good. They've been hearing that for a week now. They will do mighty good work versus the Detroit Lions. And Detroit, if you get behind in this one, don't think about coming back. That defense will not allow you to come back. You have no running game to speak of. I'm going with the Giants, minus three. And it is New England minus six. How about that? There you go, boy. I thought I wrote that. I thought I made it so nine or something. Maybe I'm a little uh, spread dyslexic. Don't I don't you, know. Don't but, you question yourself? What's yeah, wrong with you? I don't know. I thought I wrote it down. It just seems like low to me. I think that, I don't know. Maybe that should make me want to take New Orleans. They're going to want to play better, too, at home. Uh, so you could just play the beginning. The very end is the last line, Mike, is the the curse line, as I just uh, decide to talk about whatever I want on the air. Because yeah, that's what are the way you talking about? The, so I wanted to play something. Okay. Um, the beginning of just the very beginning to give people a taste of the Brian Jones diss track to New Highs. Oh, that's right. right. It's, it's the, I know because I wrote the lyrics. It's the very last line. So we'll just play the first, like, couple lyrics. I'll tell you when to stop. Brian recorded a diss track yeah. to Rick Neuheisel, mm-hmm. basically telling him to stop playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. So here's a, here's a little preview, a little little taste. <laughs> Yo, Rick, <laughs> I'm sick of the shtick. Put away the guitar before I go shoot ya. Listen up, Neuheisel, this is about survival. You know where I'm from. Check my Ancestry.com. Ivory Coast, Nigeria. Enough to put the fear in ya. I ain't playing, Rick. You should be shooker than zucker. Where you at, dog? All right, you can stop it here. <laughs> that is some bad rapping. But you did some good mixing, Mike. And some nice lyrics by my, my Dr. Dre over here. Yeah, but Dr. that is Dre. some bad rapping. Ooh. Who's Dr. Dre? Dr. Dre, you remember in uh, Who's the Man, oh. the movie, and they kept calling uh, Dennis uh, Dennis Leary's character kept calling Dr. Dre, the other Dr. Dre, the heavyset Dr. Dre, Dr. Dr. Dre. Dre. Okay, yeah. now I know what you're talking yeah. about. I was going to say. I'm sorry. Uh, I was confused. You know, movie reference that translates or tra- – what is it? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> so we have uh, – uh, you're going to be able to play that for your uh, colleagues. I'm going to huh? play it on the set. Yeah. Okay. You send it, did you send it to me? You have an email yet? Okay, email it to me. Yeah. All right, that'll be fun. An ode to Rick. <laughs> yeah, take that, Rick. A little diss track. The new Heisel. Thanks to Danny Cannell, Coop and Calhoun, Mikey B, PDB, Bogish and Jock alone. Have a wonderful weekend of football and watching fights. We'll be back Monday. Gio and Jones right here on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.